Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Place, joined here, as always, with Ben and Colin. Uh, Boys, very exciting week in sports. We had a lot of craziness in baseball and basketball to go along with uh, the NFL draft and also the Aaron Rodgers kind of controversy. We'll talk about all all that in this week's episode, but we're going to start off with the NFL draft. Boys. A lot of a lot of craziness. We obviously had the big uh, Bears trade up to get what hopes to be their first ever good quarterback in their franchise's history. We had the Raiders overdraft on a couple guys. I think we can all agree on that. And uh, a couple guys. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd say one, maybe. Well, we'll I'll, 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 talk I'll argue on that later. Well, uh, all right. Let's let's just get it started. What is your overall thoughts of the draft? Did we like it? Did we hate it? Um, I've I definitely thought it was it it almost lived up to the potential of of how how big the expectations were coming in. I think it would have been top tier madness had the 49ers taken Mac Jones at three, because then where Lance and Fields go from that point would have been kind of crazy. But when Lance went three, the 49ers was by the way, great pick. He gets to sit there, learn the system. They have an established starter in Garoppolo. And as long as he doesn't get thrown into the fire right away due to an injury or poor play from Garoppolo, I think Lance has every chance to succeed and turn out as a really good NFL starter. So I love that pick there. Um, I, I said all week long how I thought it was smart for the Falcons to trade back and recoup draft capital because I think they could have gotten a ton for it. Um, so obviously I don't know what offers they were getting for that fourth pick because they were getting offers. But you can't really go wrong with the generational talent that is Kyle Pitts. That dude's going to be stud in that offense. An offense with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley is, is a really good offense. And, and they're going to score even though they don't really have a running game. I still think that they're going to score. So those two picks right there were, were big ones for me. What the 49ers do and whether the, whether the Falcons were, were to trade back from that number four spot. And then from there, there were, there were some things I expected to happen. And I, and on that note, I was not surprised whatsoever to see the Bears trade up and go after their franchise guy, especially once Fields made it to ten. The Bears pick definitely surprised me. Um, I think it was a very good pick. The they gave up a decent amount, so obviously they, if if you give up multiple first round, first round picks to move up, uh, it's not that you just like Justin Fields. You just you're like, oh, he fell a little bit. It's you've been thinking about this. You've been planning on it. You love Justin Fields. Um, you believe he's your quarterback of the future. Uh, so I like that move by the Bears. I love being aggressive, especially because they've been on the downfall the past couple of years. Uh, you don't want Andy Dalton starting at all. Justin Fields can sell a lot of jerseys, going to get people in those seats. Uh, and my biggest surprise in the top 10 for me was uh, what transpired with Panay Sewell. I was expecting him to go number five to Cincy because of, you know, the whole Joe Burrow injury last year. I thought they were going to uh, really get a established, really good tackle there. He can play guard, tackle, whatever. He's going to play tackle in the NFL. Instead, they went with Burrow's guy, Jamar Chase, who we, we've discussed this. Um, he was pushing for him or for them to draft him. So I like the pick for Cincy. I would have went a different route, but I'm sure Miami was very happy that Sewell ended up falling. He went to Miami, correct? 
Detroit. Ooh. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Detroit. My bad. I, I'm sure Detroit was uh, very happy that he ended up slipping to them. Miami went with Waddle. You're right. A yeah. pick I like. My- I like the I like the Waddle pick, and especially if once Will Fuller comes off that short little suspension, and if Devontae Parker can kind of return more to the form he had two years ago, that's that's not a bad receiving core whatsoever with the with the speed that both Will Fuller and Waddle have. And then Devontae Parker is kind of more of a go-up-and-get-it type of receiver, if that's the best way to put it. So I like that receiving core for them. Lions needed a lot of help, but getting, getting like you said, Colin, a dude who's just already established is going to be a stud to, to shore up that offensive line is, is a great, great pick for them. Going back to the Fields thing, you said uh, Bears obviously gave up multiple first-rounders. If you include their one this year, their one this year, then their one next year. And you do that if you think he's going to be a franchise guy and if you, if you love him going forward. And that wants me to kind of bring up a point that's been going circulating in the news today, which I didn't really think this was news. I thought everyone knew this on Thursday, but I guess not until ESPN broke the story today about Minnesota being prepared to take fields at 14. And I saw a lot of stuff about, well, why didn't Minnesota just go up and get him? I – from my point of view, I think that was a, 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 a pick for them where it's like, we take him if he falls into our laps at 14, but we have an established quarterback in Kirk and we're not going to mortgage the future, especially a Kirk who has two years on his deal. No one's going to take that contract. And there's no point in giving up multiple first rounders, which is what reportedly teams like Detroit wanted to move back. There's no point in doing that for fields to have to sit probably two years behind a Kirk cousins. And from Minnesota's point of view, if he was going to get past that pick where Chicago traded up, great. I would have loved him at 14, but I would not have wanted to give up two first-rounders like the Bears did. I love it for the Bears. They needed a starter, but I don't love it for Minnesota. So that's why I don't necessarily understand as much as the freakout that was kind of happening on social media since the Vikings didn't fake, take fields. Cousins might not be the forever long-term answer, but there was no reason to mortgage the future uh, on fields right here, especially when they could have traded back and turned that into two offensive linemen and a maybe future quarterback. I would classify Mond as a project at this point. So I think it all turned out okay. I just don't – that's just what I want to talk about because I didn't necessarily understand, I guess, the outrage. My biggest takeaway from the draft is uh, we saw actually a common theme of teams taking guys – that had played with each other in college. So we saw, uh, I think most notably, the uh, Jaguars. Number one pick, we all knew it was going to be Trevor Lawrence. But later in the first round, when they had their, I think it was the 20th, 25th pick, um, not a lot of people expected them to take uh, Travis Etienne, uh, Lawrence's running back in college. That pick surprised a lot of people. It surprised me, at least especially with the uh, season James Robinson had. Um, but bef- I, was, it, I was just going to say, before you move off that, I'll let you get back to your point of, of the reunions between college teammates. I really don't understand that pick from Jacksonville. I have to believe that that was a thing where Urban Meyer just went to Trevor Lawrence. was like, who do you want? I, I, I kind of see that Jacksonville wants to establish a running game, take some pressure off Lawrence but I thought they would have been able to do that without ETN with Robinson. And even if you didn't want to put a big workload on Robinson, I think Hyde is a more than capable backup who they signed this off season. 
I just don't totally get the ETN pick, especially for a Jacksonville team that obviously they went one in 15 for a reason. There's a ton of holes all over that team. And with a first round pick, I really think they could have used that elsewhere. I don't think James Robinson would have regressed had you kept him as the number one guy. So that's just why I don't necessarily understand that pick. Obviously, I'm not an NFL scout or NFL GM, so they know better than I do. But I just have to believe that that was kind of a, like, go up to Trevor Lawrence. Who do you want? We'll go get him. Make our franchise QB happy. Yeah. And then you – another another one uh, Colin mentioned earlier was Joe Burrow getting his guy in Jamar Chase. Uh, I think Jamar Chase was his number one receiver – the year uh, Burrow won the Heisman, so you have that connection. And then lastly, uh, Tua Tungvaluwa, he got one of his big receivers from Alabama. They drafted Waddle with the sixth overall pick. So a lot of a lot of reunions we have going on, and I think it. I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. Um, yeah, that was. Burrow, oh my bad. I was gonna say that was awesome when uh, they jumped. The Eagles jumped the Giants to take Devontae Smith. Yeah, that was the other one too. Yeah, when because the Giants probably would have taken him, you think? Uh, they ended up bringing so. back and yeah. taking Tony, so you knew they wanted a receiver. So I think that was awesome. Division rival moving up and snatching their guy, and that's that's also a reunion as well because many people forget that they played together before Hertz transferred from Alabama to to Oklahoma. I don't know if it was for for both years. I know they at least played one because I know Smith was on that team that won the championship when Tua took over. So yeah, I don't know if they played. Oh, I don't know if they played for multiple years, but I know they played together for at least one. Yeah, I think it was just the one. But I could well, be wrong. I don't know. Smith caught that like fifty-yard touchdown in the championship. Yeah, he caught the game one. It was from Tua, but yeah, so that they they would have played together the whole rest of the season. Yeah. All right. So my one big question is: if you had to pick, I would say maybe give me a couple winners and maybe give me a couple losers of the draft. I'll go. I'll go a quick winner. I really loved what Cleveland did. Uh, they shored up multiple needs. They with with this one of the biggest steals of the draft, the linebacker from Notre Dame who just kept falling and falling. Who I can't remember his I, name. I mean, my head. Someone had to fall. Yeah, it was like Okoro. <laughs> it's like it's JOK is what everyone was J-O-K. calling it by initial wow. all getting along. But it came out today um, that it. It was a health issue that kind of was the reason for him slipping. But I still love that pick for them. I like the cornerback pick, Reg Newsom out of Northwestern. They had secondary issues last season. So that was another good one. Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, that's the full name. At second round, pick 52. That dude should not have made it that far, but he did. And even Anthony Schwartz at receiver, that's an absolute burner. That dude is fast. And he can definitely play into their offense. You got Landry and then Odo coming back. You don't totally know how he's going to be off AL, ACL surgery. And even Peoples-Jones showed some flash last year. But you can never have too many pass catchers. So I, there were three, I thought, good good value picks for Cleveland, a team who has improved what was already a roster that was almost good enough to beat, beat the Chiefs. So that's I'll give you a winner. Uh, their division rival – well, I think are the two best teams in the division this year. The Ravens, I think, had a really good draft. They had a great draft as well, for sure. Yeah, starting off with that Rashad Bateman pick, that was huge. Yes. Um, I've been preaching a get Lamar, a number one receiver. I wanted them to go and try and get Allen Robinson. He got franchise tagged. Um, I'm glad they went with Rashad Bateman. Love him. Donovan, I know you do too. Uh, he was electric at Minnesota. 
And uh, they, they got a couple cornerbacks to play behind Humphrey and Peters. They took that Ohio State guy, Sean Wade, dude got absolutely cooked in the championship game. They got him in like the fifth or sixth round, though. I believe it was the fifth. Um, his draft stock probably fell from a day two pick to a day three pick, uh, at least like three rounds. And I like that pick for them because he is a talented guy, or at least he was. Um, he's projected to go a lot higher, and because of one bad game, he slipped so far. So I like the value in that pick. Um, he'll be a boomer bust guy. And I think they got a nice linebacker too. So I think they filled a lot of needs. So I, I love the Ravens draft as well. Uh, my big loser, and Colin, you're going to hate me. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the Raiders. Okay. I, I, I just don't understand the pick. Don't get me wrong. I love their second round pick of Trayvon Mowry. Mowry. I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't say names correctly. But I love I love their second round pick. Don't get me wrong, but they had I mean I I they had other linemen that they could have easily grabbed besides Alex Leatherwood. Don't get me wrong, Leatherwood is a good offensive lineman, but he would have easily been there for their second round pick. Leatherwood, they, I mean they were even saying on the coverage of the draft that he's more than likely going to play guard, and they kind of need a tackle. Well, here's why I disagree. First of all, um, they've said that he's going to play tackle in the NFL. Gruden said it. Cable said it. And I trust Tom Cable. He's one of the best offensive line coaches in football. And this was his guy. This was his favorite tackle in the entire draft. Um, and I saw multiple check marks on Twitter. We don't know if we could check the ch- trust the check marks anymore. anymore. Um, there's a lot of reporters who just spew whatever they want to say. Um, and people roll with it. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but I saw multiple reports that there were teams in the 20s that were very, very interested in Leatherwood. So they wanted to make sure that they didn't miss out on their guy. And I think the fact that they were able to land the safety that they wanted, who fell quite a bit in the second round, I think it just makes it even better that they were able to land their guy in the first round as well. They filled two very, uh, uh, very good positional needs really needed to tackle after the loss of Trent Brown and they really needed a safety. They drafted multiple safeties um, because Jonathan Abrams stinks and you don't want to see Jeff Heath or Eric Harris out there. They're both garbage. So they're trying to shore up that secondary a little bit and they got a nice linebacker from Buffalo, um, more of a pass rusher actually. and you know that how much they need pass rush they have ever since they lost Khalil Mack. So I like the draft for them a lot, uh, mainly because they really hit on some of those biggest needs. Yeah, I got a another. Couple, or I just got a couple things I want to go over real quick. One with my Raiders take. I had the Raiders as a day one loser because I thought the even though it might not have been a gigantic reach, I still thought it was somewhat of a reach. But I think the Raiders kind of turned my view around after day one. I like the safety pick. That dude should not have made it as far as he did. I think um, Noring, I believe. that That's who it is, right? Correct, Colin? Yep. Yep. Okay, yeah. so I liked that. And they had, they had some other good value selections in the later round that filled positions of need. So that's kind of what swayed my view on them. Had them as a day one loser, but they turned it around, I think, in the later rounds. One more winner I didn't get to in my first go-around that I wanted to highlight. 
Miami also had a sneakily good draft. They had four picks in the top 42, and I think at least three could become high-impact starters. Waddle, we already talked about. If he stays healthy and if Tua turns out, he's going to be great. I really like the Jalen Phillips defensive end selection. In the uh, Brian Flores defense, I think he is really going to flourish out of Miami. Some people had him as one of their top defensive linemen in the draft. So I think getting him at 18 with their second first-round pick was another really nice one as well. And then with the other two, they took Javon Holland to safety out of Oregon at 36. And then Leon Eichenberg, Otak out of Notre Dame at 42. So positions of need, you can never have too many O-linemen to protect your QB, especially a dude who at Notre Dame played left tackle. Blindside is super huge. So I like those four positions with four top 42 picks. You got to hit on some of them. And I believe maybe even all four, but I think probably at least three could become high impact starters. And then one fairly obvious loser that I wanted to bring up too. I just think we got to talk about the Packers. I mean, we'll get to the Aaron Rodgers news. That's a loser in itself, but just draft wise, they took probably not even the best corner on his own team out of Georgia with their first round selection. So I know Kevin King was bad in that NFC championship game. I just, Oh yeah. I don't know if that was the specific player I would have went with that selection. And I think if they really wanted to go there, I think they could have moved back or just went somewhere else. And I just didn't love their overall draft. Yeah, I agree. I felt like they definitely yep. went some other routes. And the other one I didn't like, and maybe this is a little biased, but I didn't love the Denver Broncos draft. I was um, about to go. I was about to say that one too. Yeah. I, I, I won't talk too much about it. I'll let you finish, but, uh, I did not like um, their first selection. Patrick Sertan's a good player, good corner. However, they already have – they just got Kyle Fuller. There's, they already have a very good secondary. They got Isaiah Simmons back there. They just signed, like, Ronald Darby. And, I mean, I – Justin Fields is right there. Uh, I – they have what? Teddy – they trade for Teddy Bridgewater, and they have Drew Locke. Not a huge fan of either of them. Both struggled a lot last year. Unless they really believe that they have something up their sleeve for Aaron Rodgers, i just not understanding the pick too much. I They certainly could have used a dynamic quarterback like Justin Fields. And I didn't love their Javante Williams pick, the running back out of North Carolina. Doesn't make a ton of sense to trade up for him as your second selection when you already have Melvin Gordon. Uh so it wasn't my favorite draft. Yeah. Um, I mean, you pretty much took my pick, so I'll give I'll give out a positive one. A team I think had a sneakily really, really good draft was uh, and it's gonna kill me to say it, but I think it was the Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't have I mean, obviously picking later in the draft and eventually even trading back into the second round. They didn't have great picks, but they picked up Nick Bolton out of uh Mizzou over there. I know he was really good for uh, the, the Tigers. And then in the uh, third round, they picked up Creed Humphrey center out of Oklahoma state. He, I mean, he was, I think he was one of, if not the best centers in the draft. Yeah. One so of the- you go along with their complete offensive line overhaul in the uh, off season draft. I think this was a sneakily good draft for the chiefs. And they just had a great offseason in general, I'll throw in. With their free agency moves, trades, obviously you burn a first-rounder on Orlando Brown, but that's an established starter. So if you combine their free agency with draft, 
I think it's it's up there in the A A plus because it was glaring that they had some needs based on how the Super Bowl went, and even some of their close games in the regular season that probably shouldn't have been close games. And at least on paper, it looks like they've done a great job of trying to shore those things up and really open the door to get back to the Super Bowl and potentially win for the second time in three years because they know there's gonna be Baltimore, Buffalo, teams like that standing in their way. And those teams are only getting better and getting getting better with experience. So Kansas City had had glaring needs, and I think they've done a great job of, of shoring those up, at least on paper. I agree. They've had a very good offseason so far. I hate to admit it, fixing that offensive line. Uh, Donovan, I know you love the Bills pick. You had to because uh, you were preaching. I, I absolutely loved it. My The thing with Gregory Rousseau is that he – I mean, he's a work in progress. He didn't play last year. And if he did, uh, people would have easily said he was going to be a top 10 pick. He didn't play. He opted out. Um, So he's still like a young guy. But, I mean, getting a defensive end at pick 30, that is 6-7. Yeah. What what there is not to love. And some people people had him going like 14 to Minnesota. So he he does a steal. It was an absolute steal. I loved it. We also got – uh, a DN at a Wake Forest. He had a really good year. He's also, uh, I'm, he's he's one. He's more of a faster kind of edge rusher. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he had really good stats. And then they picked up a very big offensive lineman out of uh, Northern Iowa, Spencer Brown, six yeah. eight, three eleven. Uh, I mean, Colin knows those Iowa boys. They're they're breeded differently. They build different. They are built different. Did you so, guys see? Oh no! I'll let you finish. Um, I, it wasn't very, it wasn't really an exciting draft saying that they drafted one skill player and it was a wide receiver in the sixth round. So nothing too crazy, but I mean, they address what they needed. They fixed a little of the O-line, fixed a little of the D-line. I mean, you, you know, uh, your defense is going to play better than they did last year. And then you obviously have, um, Josh Allen, your quarterback of the future. They're going to give. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, another shot. If it doesn't work out, then they'll probably draft another running back next year. So I I, I can't wait. Yeah, I was going to mention, because uh, you were talking about offensive linemen. Did you guys see – I know I said in, like, the Broncos draft, I love their, like, third-round pick. They took some dude out of Wisconsin, Whitewater. Um, I don't know if you guys saw. He's an offensive lineman. He was – they're showing videos. He was throwing around, like, tree trunks. He was just – he was playing against other D3 guys, absolutely just flattening them, just throwing them around. That guy, I, he's awesome. Love that pick. Uh, yeah. How do you guys feel about Mac Jones at 15? I think it's going to be interesting. In my final mock, I actually had the Patriots trading up to get him. Um, they didn't trade up. They eventually got him at 15. My thing on Mac I, – I, you never really know. I mean, people are obviously comparing him to Tom Brady and such. I think that's a little dramatic. Uh, I don't think he's very dramatic. Be the goat, but I think he can. He has the potential to be a solid quarterback. I was saying after the national championship game, I'd say Mac Jones would be a really good backup for the for a team. Um, but you know, putting him in a Belichick slash Josh McDaniel system, they can thrive easily with backup quarterbacks. So I think he's going to play kind of above his talent 
you know they're going to establish the running game. I mean, they now have two tight ends. They're going to play. They're going to play big. They're going to run the football, and they're going to. I mean, it's it's going to be old fashioned AFC East football for the next couple of years in that division. And I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't start day one because I mean, Cam's a veteran. If Cam beats him out in camp, that would not surprise me. Uh, although you know, Cam's on a short leash. Uh, if he has a couple bad games in a row at the start the season, they won't hesitate to throw Mac Jones in there. I think Mac Jones is a guy that can be pretty good um, in year one. I think he has a lot of the things he needs to be successful early on. Uh, he has a great arm. And they the Patriots just invested a lot of money into uh, free we, – we know how insane they went in free agency. Uh, they signed a couple receivers, a couple tight ends. Their offensive line is better now. So, I mean, I think it's very interesting. I think they're going to be a pretty solid team. And Mac Jones being with Belichick, McDaniels, I think it's one of the best possible situations for him. It'll just be I, – I like I like the situation, like coaching staff-wise. No offense to Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and Keel <laughs> Harry. They're not the receiving core that he had at Bama. I like their tight ends a lot. It'll just be – It'll be different. It'll be different circumstances, but if they get open, he throws a great ball and he'll hit them. It's just whether they can get open. So no, that's inter- interesting. Donovan brought it up. Interesting is a good choice of word because the it's their their weapons have been a problem the last couple of years. So how that will affect Mac Jones, we'll have to see. Yep. Yep. Uh, my only my one other note uh, for the draft was I hated how Goodell tried to come off way too casual. He obviously brought out the couch for no reason. Uh, no one really gave two shits about him and his couch he used last year. And then for like a couple picks, he came out in like a sweater and like sweatpants or some shit, not his, you know, normal tuck thing. I don't know. I hated it, but granted, we all hate the guy. So, yeah, that was that was just my final thoughts. I didn't like him. I, I've never liked him. To begin with, uh, taking draft picks away from the Raiders. I like him better than I Rob don't. Manfred. It's not uh, even close. Okay. Yes, easily. The bar's easily. not really that high, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm not big on Adam Silver at the moment right now, and I'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> nah, nah. LeBron said that the the. Wait, I'll, yeah, we'll talk about that later. We're, we're talking about football right now. Football right now. Uh, uh, what was I saying? I th- last year, you know, the whole COVID thing. The way they got the NFL draft done last year was cool. Uh, I thought Goodell, you know, he was good about the whole, like, booing thing, whatever. Uh, But the thing that went down with him and Dave Portnoy really pissed me off. So they had that auction, you know, it was like whoever. I think it was watching a Monday night football game. It was watching a Monday night football game in Goodell's basement with him. Uh, And Portnoy won the auction. We know that he's, like, banned from NFL games. And he's made the Goodell clown shirts. Uh, and Goodell said no, because it like it, it like affects my safety or something. Something really stupid. So I just lost any bit of respect that I ever had for him right there. And uh, yeah, just not a, not a Goodell guy. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Roger Goodell. Um, but anyways, we'll move on to uh, 
our famous segment this week in sports. Uh, ben, what happened in this kind of week in baseball? All righty, so it's really been a while since we since we talked about baseball because last time we basically just did the mock draft. So it would have been two episodes ago since we really, really talked. We made it through our first month. I believe if if the there was an idea floated in like beginning of March or beginning of February about pushing everything back a month to get the vaccine in place. If that would have been the case, opening day would have been like two days ago. So thankfully that that didn't happen. It was very appreciative to have baseball in April. Overall, there's been been some surprises over the last like week week or two um the Dodgers have started to slip a little bit they had some trouble in multiple series uh, they they had the series against the Padres which was amazing however they lost that series and they lost two out of three the Reds so Dodgers actually aren't even first and then you would just think it'd be the Padres and it's not them either it's actually San Francisco who's in first place in the west at 17-11 and San Francisco has got unbelievable starting pitching so that's that's one thing to look out for, whether that can continue. A bunch of new guys, even a bunch of former Reds, are some of their best pitchers, actually their four best pitchers, Alex Wood, Johnny Cueto, Anthony DiScafani, Kevin Gossman, all former Cincinnati Reds. So that's a little odd. I wish they did that when they were with <laughs> us, except Cueto. Cueto was always a beast. But either way, um, Gabe Kepler, who didn't have any success in Philly, is at least so far kind of got them in the right direction. They're, they're at plus 26 run differential. That's second best in the National League. So who would have thought out of all teams would be San Francisco in first so far, although it's early. Some other big things. Atlanta kind of continues to still struggle. They're at 12 and 16. They just got swept by the Blue Jays. I still think they're going to turn around. I still think they're the best team in that division. But they're they're just very hurt right now. And they need to get some starters back. Another thing, I believe – I believe in the last episode, correct me if I'm wrong, Donovan's pick the of one of the wild cards, Washington. We were talking about how they sucked. They're currently in first place in the NL East somehow. At 500. Yeah. Yeah. The NL East, can we just agree, so far has been dog water. Even though there are some good teams and good players, just for some reason, they – I mean, they're not good. I mean, Scherzer the other day through the complete game, that was a great performance, but I mean, it's just, it's been so underperforming. I'm sure you'll talk about the, uh, the most recent Braves or not Braves Mets, uh, Philly yeah. series. Well, yeah. the, the NL East so far has been what the NL central was supposed to be. Yeah. And yet the NL central has a team like Milwaukee who just took three or four from the Dodgers at home. St. Louis with, with Goldschmidt and Arenado, even though they don't have great pitching, they're in it. And then Cincinnati's been one of the best, if not the best, offenses in the MLB so far this year. And I still think the NL East will probably finish better because there's some really talented teams. It's just been underperforming. Let's let's get into that, that, that series, especially the game last night, Sunday Night Baseball. What did you all think of them overturning the Reese Hoskins home run? It was the right call. It was definitely I mean, right yes. Call. Yes. I... I, I went on a little rant on Twitter, but I, I originally thought it, uh, it hit off like one of the front row seats. I didn't realize that there was like a railing there that the ball hit off a railing. I thought it hit off the seat and bounced back in. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was the right call, but just a tough day for Reese Hoskins. He obviously had the big uh, mess up defensively where he just kind of put his head down and the run scored from third. Like Jonathan that, 
as as a former baseball player myself, that's a that's a that's a kind of a head scratcher moment right there. All right, so yeah. what were you gonna say, Sonora? Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna talk about Francisco Lindor for a moment. Oh yeah, no, we can definitely. Have oh a- my god, he has stunk this year so bad. He went like zero for five again last night. It is just mind blowing. I mean, I've I've never thought that Lindor. He's we've played him a lot in the AL Central. He's always been a very good player in like 2017, 18, you know, he was one of the better players in the AL at least. Uh, But I think he made more money than he should have. I think he's a little bit overrated. Great player to have good on both sides of the ball, but uh, he's made a ton of money and it's still very early, but the dude cannot hit at all right now. He probably has like two RBIs on the season. Yeah, Yeah, he had his, for I like I didn't pay attention to Lindor for the first probably week or two of the season, and then when the Mets played the Cubs and Lindor obviously decided to hit his first home run against the Cubs, <laughs> and I saw that it was his first of the year, I was shocked. Um, I started looking into it, and Lindor has been ass, and he's been got off to a bad start this year. He was bad last year. I've always thought he was a little bit overrated. Um, people make it seem like he is a five-tool guy. He has never been a guy that necessarily hits for power. He's been usually a contact guy, but he's struggling to put the ball in play a lot more the last couple of years. But his hitting is just not there. He's obviously a good defender with speed. There's no question about that. But the whole thing about him being this, you know, five-tool shortstop, I just, I just, I don't see it. And I, they I obviously. I would ahead, think because he's obviously a better player. You may not think he's a superstar, but he's obviously a better player than what his stats are currently. You would think at some point he would pick it up, but if he doesn't, especially in New York, they're really going to start to let him hear it, and you would hope it just doesn't get into his head. I don't think it would, but you've seen a lot of dudes, whether it be the Yankees or or less, less, less known at the Mets, where – they get off to a slow start, and a big, big market like New York really starts to let up here, and it just it gets into their head. And it's especially with dudes who who were good and then start to go on a downhill, like more well known with Matt Harvey. Like the New York media would not let him go once he started to struggle. Yeah, we just hope that that doesn't happen. Lindor is obviously a much better person, and isn't shooting nude for ESPN magazine like Matt Harvey was. <laughs> but. Uh, I'll go one more thing with the National League. Oh, since we were talking about a player that's struggling, I mean, how about the re the re entrance? I guess of Chris Bryant so far this year. That dude is is absolutely raking. One of I there's a few Cub hitters who are starting to turn around, but Bryant's been good all year. Yeah, um, I I just like people. I remember you know how MLB Network always does like their list. They're big, they're big on lists, and they did their top ten third basemen. And I, I don't really watch those. I, I stumble upon them on Twitter, and I look at them, obviously. But when they did their top 10 third baseman, and Chris Bryant wasn't on the list, it absolutely blew my mind. I get it. He struggled. Um, and it's kind of the thing where the reason why Chris Bryant was so good his rookie year and his sophomore year when he won the MVP was that Baseball hadn't yet adapted to the everyone kind of pitches up in the zone. And Bryant's kind of like Bryant really uh, hits the low pitch really well. So in his first couple 
years, they were just hammering low, and he was he has that good golf swing where he just hits it out, and it's beautiful when he gets when he gets at his pitch. But you know, the next couple of years they started pitching him up. He had struggle adjusting, and I mean, this year he's really turned it around. He's leading. I don't know if it's the league at this point, but I know he's leading the National League in extra base hits. He is on freaking fire. He's, I mean, he's one of the few bright spots, as you mentioned, for the Cubs right now. And it's one of those, if the team can kind of just match his momentum, kind of figure it out and stick to playing 500 baseball around the deadline, I think that'll keep them from selling at the deadline because I'm very scared that they are going to sell and they're going to get absolutely nothing for Bryant because he's going to be – He's a free agent next year and a Boris client. So, you know, he's going to test the free agent water. So I obviously want them to re-sign him and Rizzo. But, you know, knowing the it's fucking just, Ricketts. It's, well, <laughs> they're still fighting with the Pirates in July or whenever for fourth place. He's going to be gone. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. How I don't understand how the pitching's been that terrible. It was I, the I, offense, I and now they can't they can't get any length or or anything out of their starting pitching. Yeah, I had Hendricks in fantasy four zero. By the way, uh, I'm alone in first place in fantasy. Uh, you guys are slacking. Uh, Hendricks right. okay. has been dog. Davies has sucked. Uh, that shocked me. I thought he was gonna. I mean, there's still time, but yeah, uh, his. his very poor start has been very surprising to me. Uh, and, I mean, Arietta has probably been the best starter. Easily, uh, easily been their best starter. The yeah, other, who else? Azalea? No. Uh, uh, no. It's just he, doesn't, he can't get any length. He, 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 he has command issues. Granted, he's still young. So, he'll work it out, hopefully, over the next couple seasons. But, as of right now, he's, he's not very good. The old, uh, Trevor Williams, so far, he's been actually pretty good. Get the rough start against Cincinnati, but Trevor that, Williams there was five ERA has been really good. That Trevor Williams, well, <laughs> it, it got really inflated because of the freaking Reds game, but he's he's been solid. Okay, no one was expecting him to be a fucking Jacob Degrom when we signed him. He's going to be a four star, three four starter. We knew that. It's just yeah. they need they need any sort of. More than stats, they need any sort of innings because their bullpen is going to be out of gas by the middle of July. They're averaging less than five innings per starting pitcher, which is is never a good thing. And so far, the bullpen has been it's been good, but I mean they've been overworked. Yep. And Kimbrel has been great. It's just uh, um, yeah, he's been excellent. But I don't know. It's it's it's. It's tough times. Granted, we had a pretty tough schedule to begin the year so far, but I mean, it's not going to get any easier with LA this week. Yeah, I I can't wait for that shit. But yeah, oh boy, we could be sitting it's, here twenty four hours from now, them just having lost a doubleheader. So I think it's more than likely. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I'll go quicker over the American League. Oakland, after their horrible start, has resurged to the top of the AL West with Seattle surprisingly in second. Seattle's got a ton of young kids. It's just they're stop, they're probably still a couple years away. Um, there's definitely some young talent there, but uh, they're they're I don't see them staying in second place. Oakland could win the division. I also could see it being Houston, 
or even LA has had their moments as well. So that one is up for grabs. Kansas City still is hanging around at 16 and 10. They're, they've given up more runs than they've scored, so that's never a great sign. And the Sox are outscoring everyone by 28. The only problem with just the Sox is they're starting to let injuries pile up, especially in the outfield. Their, their outfield at this point in time is, is really below average, especially after Luis Robert injury. The Luis Robert injury uh, broke my heart. He's going to be out for at least like, what, like three months? I, I don't get it, man. I mean, he's going to be out. Uh, Jimenez is out for a long time. They'll both be back for the postseason, which is encouraging. I'm glad they're not out for the year. But it's well, just... that's if you guys make it to the postseason. Eloy and Robert have been that's some of your true. most productive guys. That's very true. Um, you know, my after the first couple of weeks, I was like, in my mind, I'm just thinking, like, who's going to beat us in the AL? Because – the Yankees, I do not like them. Their pitching stinks. They, yeah, they have a good – yeah, they, Aaron Judge, Deepo Mayhew, those boys, they're still good. I just don't think they're good enough to win the AL. The AL is not that good. Um, I don't think Boston is going to maintain their success. The A's are good. Um, they're definitely a threat. The Astros are a threat because they still have some of those guys that – I know they're cheaters, but they still have some of those guys that uh, have won many games with them. Is Verlander like coming back at any time ever? I think so. I think the same thing with Sale too. That's the interesting one. Yeah, Sale too. Um, but I'm like the Twins absolutely blow to start the year. Their pitching stinks. Uh, I'm not a big fan of their rotation. Their bullpen sucks, and they're they. I feel I feel like they're a team that just every other year they just stink. I feel like it's been that way. They've just been on and off. So I'm like, who's going to beat us? And then now Robert goes down. Our pitching has been on and off. I feel like Rodon is going to have an injury at some point this year because he can <laughs> never stay healthy. Lance Lynn just got uh, reactivated. Giolito hasn't been great to start the year, and it's just – Well, Rodon just got pushed back. Was that an injury thing or just do – you, do, do you know? Because I believe Rodon was scheduled to pitch – either tomorrow or the day after, and then he got pushed back, so now it's going to be Keuchel. And I, I don't know if you've looked into that at all. Was that an injury-related thing, or is it just kind of they wanted to mix things up and maybe – because the only thing I can really, really think of – actually, no, because he's a lefty as well. I was thinking maybe they wanted to play the matchup game against Cincinnati's lefty-heavy top of the lineup, but Keuchel's a lefty as well. Yeah, I'm seeing him projected to start this weekend against Kansas City, okay. so I, I really don't know what it went into that, but – um, yeah, that was just something that caught my eye because it was supposed to be Cease and then Rodon against Cincinnati, and all of a sudden it was Cease and Keiko. So maybe they just wanted the matchup. Maybe they wanted to give him some extra days off. I just was interested in, in that. Oh, oh, I got to talk about your meme Mercedes. Uh, yeah, rookie of the month. Yep. Awesome. He's still batting like 400. Uh, he's, I mean, he's been awesome. He just, he rakes. He just hits absolute bombs. He hit uh, the furthest home run, like 480-some feet. I think it was 485. Just insane. Uh, now, do you think do you think Mercedes is going to keep it up throughout the rest of the year? Oh, God, no. There's no way he can keep up. I mean, he could. If you look at, like, if you're thinking, like, all-star, I mean, what he's competing with, like, probably Nelson Cruz in the AL for the DH spot. Oh, J.D. Martinez is going to get it, actually. Or, yeah. yeah, Martinez has been in say, but if he cools down, Otani's been in good as well. 
Otani, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't really, I, I don't think he'll make the all-star as a starter at least. Um, although I don't know how much the fan vote is still like factored into it, but I feel like he's going to get a lot of fan votes. Um, very likable guy. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think- obviously, obviously the fan vote has, has some f- sort of effect because if I remember correctly, Addison Russell started an all-star game. So obviously there's some. He was good that year. He was good that year. That's he all good, but he wasn't like starting. I believe the year before the the Royals infield, including Omar Infante, was starting as well. So yeah, that one I didn't get. But I mean, Bryant won the MVP. Rizzo was good. No, I'm. Zobris was those, good. I just and said then I didn't get. And then you Addison had Russell. like who who else was been the starting shortstop for the NL All Star team in 2016? I, Randy Crawford. I don't know off the top of my head, but there had to have been someone. That was pre Trevor Story. That was pre Lindor, obviously. That was, I mean, Lindor I think pretty also much was in the American League. So, yeah. Oh, so I think it came down to like him, Brandon Crawford. I don't know, like Paul. Who DeYoung. wouldn't want to see Brandon Crawford's flow in the All Star game? <laughs> I I know the Angels are five hundred right now. Their pitching still kind of stinks, but they are kind of must see TV. I feel like they're fun to watch. Uh, Mike Trout of is yep. off the like his best start maybe ever. At least offensively, he's been absolutely insane. Uh, and they still have Anthony, Anthony Rendon. Every time I turn on Sports Center, I, I usually turn it on late at night. They're showing Otani bombs. He hits one like every day. It's insane. Every time that he plays. That Jared Walsh guy has been very good. He had a walk-off homer against us. Uh, and I don't know. They have some other fun players on offense. I mean, you guys love Dexter Fowler. I don't know how much he plays, but he's, Albert he's, Cole, he's so. out. Upton's oh, he tore his ACL. Yeah, I forgot about oh, that. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, Dexy Dexy, man. But I just got – that just uh, took a turn for the worst. <laughs> uh, they, I could see them, if they can float around 500 for a while, I could see them being buyers at the deadline, maybe looking for pitching. Uh, uh, hey, I called them as a uh, wild card team to begin the year. Their offense is certainly capable, and I would love to see it as long as it doesn't boot us out of it. Yeah, um, my my opinion on the American League is, as you mentioned, there is not a lot of good teams, especially now that the Sox are really hurt. It, yeah. It's going to come down to what team either gets hot or what team makes the big splash for maybe like a solid pitcher out of the – just a solid pitcher, really, or maybe gets like a Trevor Story or something like that. Like if the Yankees or if the A's or the Mariners or whoever – or the Angels, they can get, like, a really good starting pitcher. I think that's enough to put them over the hump to get in the playoffs and potentially win the AL pennant. Because right now I have no idea who's winning the AL pennant. Yeah, the Blue Jays have been good. Uh, Vlad is off to a fantastic start also. Yes. He's living up to his potential for sure. Uh yeah, I don't think anyone's going to beat out Trout for MVP. I, I'm trying to th- – I was going to say, oh, he could be an MVP candidate. No one's beating out Trout this year. He's going to keep it up. The Blue Jays are uh, – the Blue Jays just got Springer uh, back from injury. Big free agent acquisition. Um, they're a team to definitely keep an eye on. And you're right, Boston, if they get sale back, that's very intriguing. I don't know when he's going to come back. But they've – been a lot better than expected and will the Royals be able to maintain the success that's also 
I mean, their pitching isn't great. Danny Duffy's off to a fantastic start. Um, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, yeah, for a but, while, didn't the Royals – weren't the Royals, like, the best team in baseball? Yeah, they still mm-hmm. might be. They're they're at 16 and 10, so they're right there. I think they have the best winning percentage right now. You'd have to be, like, a complete genius to pick that team to be, like, a sleeper of some sort. Now, wait, wait, wait. I'm just just saying. It's also also, May 3rd. Yeah, you're the the guy It's like, oh, it's only 10 games in, 20 games in. We'll give it time. We'll, We'll check back on this July and August. It's very likely they'll be, like, Eight games under five hundred at that point, but we'll 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 see what happens. Keep a tab on it. Hey, Amen. That, um, that's about all I had. Is there anything else you wanted to cover from from baseball? Since it's really been like two to three weeks since we've really talked about it. Byron Buxton has been incredible. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's so it's so because like he was kind of around the same era of of Lindor coming up as rated one of the like the best prospects and he hasn't been bad he's always been an amazing defender he just never put it together this well on offense yeah and he's just been raking on a team that's underperformed in Minnesota he's been killing it the Tatis uh Padres versus Dodgers series they've both been awesome we need we need um whoever wins a division to not be the number 1 seed and then they need to advance. We can get a seven-game NLCS. <laughs> that would be awesome. Although I, I have, I have a feeling based on the struggles of the NL East and the NL Central division winner is going to have like seventy-nine wins. I have a feeling that it's very unlikely that that division winner isn't the number one seed. Yeah. My one last thing I want to talk about baseball is that umpires, and I tweeted this out: umpires this year, absolute. Dog shit. Yes, it yeah. is. It's been it's terrible. Bad. I've usually, I've usually been on the side of umpires for most things. Obviously, there's a handful of calls where you just got to say, "What the fuck are you doing?" But this year, they have been so bad. I am, I am full on making just everything replayable. But they also got to fix replay because some things replay's been bad. Yeah. I know. Re- they, they just need to freaking, they like. When when you're at the game and you want to replay, they will put that replay on the jumbotron in ten seconds. Put that thing in slow mo. You can figure out if a guy was safe out, ball strike, swing, no swing, in twenty seconds from when it actually happened. Just give an umpire an earpiece. Have somewhere in New York just watch the game live, and bada bing, bada boom, everything will be solved in fucking thirty seconds. Yep. Did I just solve baseball, or is Rob Manfred still a goddamn idiot? No, he is. Clearly, he's still a goddamn idiot. It's not this hard. Why do you need a three-minute replay review to see if a guy touched home plate? It doesn't take that long. Jesus Christ. Sorry. They see. They seem to have gotten it right with uh, Tony Walters yesterday, so that's all that really Yeah, I, okay. Really matters. All right, I get it. I mean – even the balls and strikes have been horrible. I mean, we, you and I were both watching that game yesterday. Anything that wasn't in the dirt was called a strike in Cincinnati yesterday. Exactly. I don't. I never looked and saw Ari- who was behind on plate, but it was horrible. And I don't want to hear it to Arietta because it happened to Winker the inning before. I know. I know a pitcher getting a hit would have been cool, just not against. He's the a rest. pitcher. He's a pitcher. I get it. But I mean, look. I. I look. I don't know, man. I'm glad, I'm just... glad the Reds pitcher, who's a, a rookie figured out that he was going to get that call and just went there five straight pitches. 
and it essentially took the bat out of Arietta's hands. Who is the better pitcher, Alex Blandino or Anthony Rizzo? I'm going to go Anthony Rizzo solely because of the strikeout to Freddie Freeman. I love Blandino, and he has, uh, I think, more quality pitches than Rizzo. But uh, Rizzo has has the stats, or I, I guess like the – That's to back it up. Yeah, yeah he has he is the uh, – I, I mean, Blandino is getting outs on balls put in play. When you strike out a big league MVP – I it, it's hard to argue against it. Uh, my uh, another other another other whatever. All right, we're we're just getting so off track. I am all for celebrations. I love it when the hitters do it. I love it when the pitchers did it. When I played, I did both. I celebrated when I if I got an infield single, I was fist bumping down the line. <laughs> if I was pitching and I struck someone out, I would like when I played against my friends and I struck them out, I would bust a gut laughing on the mound. How many um, hits did you have your senior year? How, how often were I'll we tell, getting fist pumped down the line celebration? Because not, like, not too many. That's why I was fist pumping. Um, but essentially, uh, Amir Garrett, when you are losing a, in a ball game and you have a 12 ERA and you had the closest role to begin the year and you lost it because you were so bad and you strike out Anthony Rizzo, don't get me wrong. You struck out. You can you can do a little fist bump, but when you are banging your chest and yelling, "This is my mound. Stay off my fucking mound." It shut happens. up. It happens. For God's <laughs> sakes. It happens. We've had issues with Garrett for years now, and I I, I don't know. That guy just pisses me it off. It happens. Hit him next. Also, time. the whole Phillies Mets beef is stupid. So stupid. I don't. I don't understand the pitchers. It's also like, been a lot of fights. No, you know who was stupid? The St. Louis Cardinals organization. Yeah, yeah. Hitting yeah. three dudes in the head of a span of a week. Yes. That's that's a that's just not an accident. One, okay, like they've they did it to the Reds, the Phillies, and I don't remember who the third one was too. But how do you hit three dudes? I get pitching inside, but at some point it's just like, I It just seems to be like it's the Cardinals. It's an organizational thing. Also, also, they can do whatever they want. They won't get suspended. Uh, I'm loving the uh, rivalries in baseball. Dodgers, Padres, I know I mentioned it. It is the greatest thing. It's one of the best things in sports mm-hmm. right now. Um, I like how the Phillies and Mets have a little bit of a rivalry going. It's so good for the sport. Um, it makes it so much fun. The Sunday night baseball games have been awesome. Uh, what else? Acuna is MVP right now. The rivalry the between the Cubs and the Braves outscoring them by 14 runs on national TV. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Why are you coming at me, man? <laughs> oh, it's all man. I, can, I mean, like, this is bull- bullshit, man. It's just one of the first things I, Congratulations. Think, of when I think of Sunday you think Night the Dodgers in a series. You guys haven't done shit after the first <laughs> week in baseball besides beat the Dodgers. Both of your teams stink. I wouldn't be flexing that around either. Nah, we'll we'll talk okay, next. Okay, well you have no Reds, outfield. So <laughs> after the Reds beat the beat the White Sox in two games, well, that's we'll just not happening. See, we're gonna we're gonna take the division lead after we sweep. You guys got to place a wager on it or something. I mean, Jesus, how many more times are the Sox gonna play the Reds in the next couple? Oh of wait, years? wait, wait. So we play the Reds tomorrow. Tomorrow and tomorrow and Wednesday, and then they so, play twice again at the end of September. So we get Cease and Hoffman. You're catching Cease at a bad time. He just uh, pitched an absolute gem. He was shoving. And uh, you get Keiko, Sonny Gray. Two guys have been kind of struggling. 
Uh, I wish it was longer than a two-game series. I, I wish if they were going to do the two and two, it was like in a row. I wish the, the other half of it yeah. wasn't in September. Also, there's one other thing I want to talk about. Oh, that's right. Uh, Tony LaRussa is the worst manager of all time. I, I, we all knew this before the season. No, uh, no, 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 not everyone. Like I knew some Sox fans that were like, oh, I can't no, no, be no. that bad. He won a World Series. Yeah, I, I could not have given a million more years red ago. Fucking flags. A million years ago, I know. And he got Lance Lynn hurt. Uh, he's going to get Carlos Rodon hurt. It, uh, it was the same thing with Renteria. We had Renteria right before we got Madden. And I was telling you guys, Renteria got awful. Oh, I know. But he – but, again, it didn't matter because we are still – he's a developmental guy. You know, it's a – it's a – it's before you, the next step, uh, which was winning – and we knew we weren't going to win those seasons anyways. It's whatever. Uh, yeah, Tony Russo stinks. His lineups every day just get worse and worse. Like, it's – I'm going to look at tomorrow, and it's going to be Jake Lamb starting over your mean Mercedes at DH. Well, oh, there's there's not going to be a DH tomorrow because it's in Cincinnati. Oh, shoot. I no, – again, that, don't, have to, don't have to worry oh, about facing I him. can't wait to see the, you know, blow out his back swinging a bat tomorrow. Well, Yep. Again, uh, <laughs> pitchers hitting is my least favorite thing in sports. Absolutely hate it. Don't get to see Mercedes play in Great American Small Park. Yeah, seriously, it just takes away awesome shit like that. I hate it so much. Uh, we're gonna. I, I hope Billy Hamilton plays. He's he's gonna have to. Yeah. Watch. There's. I don't know who else is gonna. I mean, it's gonna be a starting outfield of Vaughn Hamilton and. I don't know who the other one is. Oh, yeah, Engel lamb. needs to come back now because, yeah, it's it's Lamb and, like, Eaton. That's all we have. Um, you're going to have to play Vaughn. And Vaughn should be playing every single day. It makes no absolutely no sense why Larry Garcia and Jake Lamb play over him so often. It should not happen. Um, he's way too talented. I swear they pinch hit. They, they had Vaughn in left field, and they had Garcia come in and pinch hit him for mid-game. Makes absolutely no sense, um, and our bullpen has stunk this year. It's I, I know it's going to get better, but I, mean, I told you once a, a big once a reliever signs a big contract to the second team, he doesn't pan out. Well, it's not even him. It's it's the Cody Hewers, the Matt Fosters, the young guys who were awesome last year, and I mean they're still young. They're still learning. Uh, I'm I'm going to be patient with them. A lot of time left, but. Just haven't been there so far. A lot of frustration. Yep. All right. Let's finally move on to basketball. Jesus Christ. Let's We've been not, trying to move on to that. Stay on, let's not stay on basketball for 30 minutes this time. Yeah. yeah. No right. one no uh, one cares what, about basketball anyway. Yeah. It's, no, what, it's not even basketball season. Why are we even talking about basketball at this point? Basketball absolutely sucks. I think my favorite thing in basketball this year is just how good the Knicks are. Uh, Julius Randle has been insane. He is a top ten MVP candidate. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, he, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even joking. This dude is averaging like 25 a game, 10 rebounds, six assists, and he basically plays point guard for them now. If you watch a Knicks game, uh, his usage rate is insane. Uh, he plays a ton of minutes. Derrick Rose has been good. R.J. Barrett's having a great second season. And the Knicks are still the four seed. They're making the playoffs. They won nine of the last ten. 
Love the New York Knicks. I'm rooting for them the rest of the way in the East. Uh, God, it just injuries has been the story. I know Lamelo just came back. LeBron just came back. Uh, I heard he had a great game. I don't know. I wasn't watching. Can you tell me what happened? It wasn't his fault. It was Kyle Lowry hitting like 10 threes. Siakam dropped 39. It's just, I, I don't, I don't know. I I don't know. The Lakers are an absolute mess. I heard something about him hitting game winner. Something like that happened. Yeah, it was a tough shot. Listen, man, it was his first game back. And he, he didn't play that bad. It was just he's still getting in the, the groove of things. Um, I'm looking at right now, it looks like Anthony Davis is finally having a nice game. Um, as we know, uh, Nikola Jokic isn't the greatest defensively, so I'm not shocked, but uh, <laughs> he's off to a good start. Uh, the NBA absolutely just sucks because the Wizards and Pacers played tonight. Did you guys see the final score of that game? No, I just know Westbrook kind of went off. So this is going to shock you. They played four quarters, no overtime. The final score of said game was 154-141. What the fuck? Um, the NBA is ruined. The regular season is meaningless now. I mean, you just see games like this where absolutely no defense is played at all. Um, and stats are just so, so like padded beyond belief right now. It's insane. There's countless players dropping 40, 50, 60. I don't even know what to think of it anymore. I've never is, seen an is, dro- is having like a 35 and 12 game even like impressive? Will that even make sense? That's what I'm saying. I, I, I really don't know. And it's one of the reasons it's been kind of like this the past few years. And it's been one of the reasons I've been saying I value the playoffs so much more than I do the regular season. Having big games in the playoffs, I just value so much more because these regular season games, a lot of people don't even take it seriously. I mean, 154-141, that is embarrassing. That's, that sucks. I hate that. I love some good defense in basketball. It's one of the reasons I love college basketball. Westbrook dropped 14-24-21 and 21 tonight. That's impressive nonetheless. He's going to break Oscar Robertson's record for triple doubles very soon. Surprised he hasn't. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to show how good Oscar Robertson was. And uh, – Steph Curry has been absolutely insane out of this world. We cannot take him for granted. As we know, greatest shooter of all time. He's shooting threes. It's it's like his 2015 season all over again. I think he's even playing maybe better than he did in his 2015 MVP season. Uh, right now, at least. It is must-see TV. I watched him tonight a little bit against the Pelicans. Uh, that's about it. I mean, the Lakers are in absolute shambles right now. Um, they're in a three-way tie for the five seed. I don't even want to talk about it. They suck. Are they going to play in a playing game? And they're trending towards it. Um, right, you're going to have to explain the playing tournament to me again because I still, I still don't get it. Okay. The se- like apparently the seven seed has to has to like play in now. I I don't. I don't. So the seven seed plays the eight seed. The nine seed plays the ten seed. The winner of the seven eight seed, I'll let you process this in your head. The okay. seven seed and the eight seed play each other. The winner of that game is in the playoffs. The loser of the seven eight game plays the winner of the nine ten game. 
the winner of that game advances to the playoffs. So essentially the winner of the 7-8 game is the 7th seed. So the only way the Lakers don't make the playoffs is if they got the 7th seed, they lost that game, and then lost to the 9-10 seed winner. So they would have to lose two games in the play-in. It would be kind of funny if they did, though. I don't yeah, I know. I got I got scout out who are going to be those teams that I got to root for now. Well, it very well could be a Lakers Warriors matchup if they were to lose the first playing game. Uh, not fun, not fun at all. Uh, they just have absolutely no chemistry right now, and LeBron and AD are not even close to 100. Um, I don't care what Anthony Davis says; he has not been good offensively or defensively. He's, I mean, to his standards at least. He's not healthy. Um, he's not shooting well from three. He's not playing. He's not defensive player of the year anymore. Or I'm, I'm sorry, he's not playing like it, like, you know, his normal defensive player of the year self. And there's just th- no defense in the, in the association. There's just none. Somehow the Lakers Zero. are still number one in defensive rating. It's there. There's no defense. That That's why I hate the NBA. Once. I'd say once the Warriors kind of took the world by storm, it wasn't even their 73 and ninth season. It was, it was once they got Durant, it's when it went full on no deep and hope to. No, I, it's, it's ruined, man. I still love the NBA play playoffs because defense still wins you championships even in today's game um it's a completely different game but the regular season sucks it is meaningless and once you get really into i mean there's still amazing things steph curry is going to drop 50 jason tatum just dropped 60 but it's not even quite as impressive anymore because everybody's doing it because there's no defense being played and it's not just that i mean the offensive um i mean the the way teams are playing offensively, they've just adapted their systems um, and they're taking advantage of it. I mean, there's tons of injuries. There's tons of players resting on defense, especially in a season like this where there's so many back-to-backs. There's so many injuries because Adam Silver made the stupid, careless decision of starting the season early, um, giving some of these playoff teams absolutely no rest in the offseason, no time to rest. Uh, and it's resulted in tons of injuries. I mean, they're trying to squeeze in a 72-game schedule in a very, very short amount of time. And lots of players are getting injured, lots of players are resting, and it's resulting in a not very good product for the fans. This season sucks. Um, I'm still excited for the playoffs. Really hoping the Lakers get shit turned around. Um I mean, LeBron and AD just got to get healthy, and they have no chemistry. They haven't played with Drummond. They haven't played with Macklemore. They've hardly played with Schroeder. I mean, and Harrell. So I'm I'm terrified right now, to say the least. All right, so we're moving on to the NFL segment. Uh, the big news this week was obviously Aaron Rodgers basically giving the middle finger right back to the Packers after what happened last year. If you forget, I'll fill in some context. The Packers uh, in last year's draft did not give um, Aaron Rodgers a heads up whatsoever that they would not only draft a quarterback in the first round, but trade up 
to get a quarterback in the first round. So Rodgers kind of repaid the uh, debt by the first round of this year's draft. He informed the Packers that he refuses to play for the team. Now, there's been also multiple reports. There's reports that he's he doesn't want to play because of his contract. There's reports that he doesn't want to play because he's mad at the organization. There's reports that he wants to retire and become the host of Jeopardies. And there's reports that he just wants to be traded. There is a lot of information out there and not a whole lot of answers. What I'm interested to see what you guys make of this whole Aaron Rodgers situation. I mean, he has been the, his whole situation. I know Rodgers can be kind of a diva sometimes, but it, it has definitely not been handled well. I, I know he has pieces on defense and on the line and at running back, and obviously Devonta Adams, but they've never done a great job trying to get him to get him like a second receiver or, or something like that. We all know the stat about them not drafting skill players. They're not a big free agent team. And they wanted him to do another restructure to take a pay cut this offseason. So I know the Packers are in a tough spot as well. I, I just think it's bad for both sides. I think this is, yeah, this is something that's been building for years. Um, we knew that Rogers' relationship with Mike McCarthy was never good in those later years. Um, the Packers have done a very poor job. I mean, Devontae Adams ended up being one of the best receivers in football is today. But aside from him, they have done a poor job of surrounding Rodgers with a lot of talent. I mean, I feel like Robert Tanya, and he's a good player, but he is a product of how good Aaron Rodgers is. Um, I don't – he's certainly not a top ten tight end with any regular quarterback. And they failed to get a second receiver aside Devontae Adams. Um they bring in Matt LaFleur. He's more of a run-heavy coach. I think that was like, yeah, whatever. And then, yeah, the Jordan Love thing made absolutely no sense. I guess they're thinking ahead to their future a little bit. But, I mean, logically, you're thinking, oh, well, Rodgers is going to play more than two seasons here, right? I mean, you should want to believe that, that you're going to have him for more than two years. So you're really just going to have Jordan Love sitting on the bench for four or five years? I just That still just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, it was kind of a big F you. So he said F you back and uh, had like 50 touchdowns last year. At, went absolutely insane, won MVP. And the whole thing that transpired in the playoffs with the weird decision to kick a field goal and just the way that game ended – I feel bad for Rodgers. Um, I can't say that uh, winding up in Denver, Vegas is a much better situation for him um, in terms of winning. But, I mean, I'm glad that he's taken a stand and, you know, he's he, he deserves more respect than he's gotten in recent years. Yeah, I mean – it's it's going to be very interesting because I think it, they have to make like once once it's June first they can decide whether they want to trade him or not, and I think that's just going to be the big date around the league. Uh, the Denver Broncos I think are probably the favorites for um, where he'd go if he was going to be traded. 
outside of that, I mean, who else? Maybe, maybe Washington. It would have been San Fran had they not drafted QB, but obviously right. they got. Maybe the Steelers. I mean, the Patriots, obviously, but then again, they just drafted a quarterback. So it's 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 really weird. No, like, I it's tough for me to say he's going to be a Packer next year, especially with all the reports coming out. But if you think of it, he's 37. And I don't see him being a Brady where he's going to play till he's in his mid-40s. So you have probably five years left of Rodgers in the NFL at max. If Maybe, you're Denver, yes. if you're Denver, is it going to be worth trading for Rodgers and giving up what? What's the asking price? Three first round picks and maybe a, a player. I uh, yeah, I could see that. Is it going to be worth three first round picks for five years of Aaron Rodgers when, especially, you have to deal with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and uh, not the Raiders, but you, you get the point. Ah. Uh. <laughs> well, I think I think that's a reason why a team like Vegas or Denver would be very interested because, I mean, you're right. They got Patrick Mahomes. They got Justin Herbert. If you bring in Aaron Rodgers uh, to a team like, let's say, Denver, who already has a very good defense and a couple good skill position players, their offense is stunk most likely because of their poor quarterback play and maybe a subpar offensive line. But you got a Jerry Judy who's on the rise. I mean, he's going to be good in the second year. Noah Fant, you know how much I love Noah Fant. Uh, one of the more athletic and faster tight ends in the league. And they have a solid run game. Uh, if you go to Vegas, he, you're, he's already surrounded with a pretty good offense. Uh, they were a, statistically a top 10 offense last year with Derek Carr. Statistically, uh, he would have a lot of fun with Darren Waller. Um, I'm still a Henry Ruggs fan. You got third and Renfro, good run game, solid offensive line. Uh, big question there is like, you know, the defense, which was putrid last year. So I don't think they would really compete with the Chiefs too much in that aspect, even with a Rodgers. But it's very interesting. Anytime a player like this uh, kind of demands out, we saw it with Watson. We talked about it forever. And then obviously – his off-field situations uh, derailed that those talks for a while. But I think Rodgers has some leverage here because the Packers need him so much more than he needs them uh, because I don't think they're really anything without him. Um, they're certainly not winning a championship without him. So, yeah, I, I was shocked to hear the news in a way because – I knew that he was a little unhappy. I never would have thought that he'd demand out. Um, but I like to hear it because I've always kind of been a big Aaron Rodgers fan. Just the one thing that obviously goes against Rodgers is – or not – it goes against the Packers. And I, in, in a way, it still hurts Rodgers' chances of getting traded. Is it that they might not get as much draft capital – for a dude as talented as him just because he's near the end of his career. And you've already mentioned this Donovan a little bit, but like it would have to be a team that's in win now mode, like has the roster entirely built like, like a team like the Rams had they not traded for Stafford. Like that would right. be a, a really one of the only situations where it could go. Like even, 
I love the Denver fit, but is Denver willing to give up a bunch of draft capital? Is that roster complete enough to win a Super Bowl with Rodgers? That's just – that's going to be a, a question that NFL GMs are going to have to answer. Right. I It just – it it's so weird, and I mostly just kind of take it as Rodgers – this just being an FU, because if Rodgers truly wanted out of Green Bay, he would have basically announced this probably two – Pretty much after the Super Bowl. Yeah. That, hey, I want out. There would have been a much better chance of it being traded prior to the draft for picks. And so it, they could they could figure out what they want to do. Right. And it's it's crazy for me to say, but people are saying that he may not play because he wants the Jeopardy job. And it I I may be crazy, but I, I actually I buy into I, I think he's he's dating someone now, and apparently she's a model on the West Coast, and he's obviously doing all the State Farm commercials. He's, I mean, he could be the host of Jeopardy. He could be more of a, you know, eye of the, you know, and wants to be more of a Hollywood guy, especially being from uh, California, going to Cal. So I just, I, it's it's so tough for me. I don't see him leaving Green Bay. But if he truly feels this way about not wanting to play, then I can 100% see him seeing him hold out and not playing this year. I yeah, can you're 100% you're see him. Right. About the whole West Coast thing. Because the three teams he listed were the three teams on the West Coast that needed quarterbacks. You said the Raiders, Broncos, and Niners reportedly, um, before they took Trey Lance, those are the three teams that kind of needed quarterbacks. So – um yeah you're you're completely right about that uh because we know the rams don't need a quarterback um the chargers don't need a quarterback so you're right on and i completely buy it also i would love to see him be the full-time host of jeopardy he was awesome at that oh yes um but yeah other than that i don't think we have too much else for football and for the rest of the world World sports, we forget anything else. You got it real quick. Um, two things that kind of just that kind of just happened that I that weren't that hadn't happened when we were on baseball. First of all, breaking news with two outs in the ninth inning of the uh Mets Cardinals game, the uh, lights at Bush Stadium they just turned off, so it went pitch black (laughs) for like a couple seconds. There was two outs in the ninth, and all the lights just went off, so that's funny. Um, I was just there like a week ago. Great stadium, cool, super cool backdrop, but I believe they turned back on by themselves. There, there's it's like a 20 second video, and within the 20 seconds they go off and come back on. So there was no like long delay, but all all the lights just went off at, at one time. So that's that's not something you see you see very often, and it, it was just it was just interesting to that because that that especially with two outs in the ninth inning, you're you're game is almost over and then just that to happen. So, and then one more thing I thought it was kind of funny. I, I brought up the Walters trying to steal home earlier. John boy, the dude who does all the ba- baseball breakdowns did a breakdown of Walters trying to steal home and that whole thing. And Tucker Barnhart were actually replied and said, this is incredible. He should have been safe because of my dumbass. Ha ha. <laughs> so if you get the, if you get the chance, go watch the, yeah, that I, I, I watched that play live when he tried to steal home. And the entire time, it was just, just of pure stupidity. 
I don't I don't know what Tucker was doing, but thankfully Walter's foot was over the bag, and that's the only reason he was out. Like, all right, that's gonna do it for this week in sports and this episode of the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Remember to like, subscribe, share with everyone you know, um, leave a comment, five star rating. You know the deal. Um, we appreciate it, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode.